0: Oh, They're all listening to the sensual sounds moon one person whooping.
1: Coming to you from an apartment we pretend to co-own, and a puppet that has affairs with three of the Muppets, but we won't tell you who. And welcome to the ABC-themed
0: office Christmas party, the... Ah! The, moral
1: the moral obligation, the they-them them podcast. Oh.
0: This episode sponsored by Aunt Glinda's crematorium online. Does a relative want to be cremated, but you don't have the money to go to those big wig crematoriums? Aunt Glinda has the solution for you. She has created a way in which your loved one can be fed through a bologna slicer and inserted in the floppy describe drive of your home computer. In this way, she can safely and easily cremate them for the low cost of twenty-five fifty. Visit Aunt Glinda's crematorium right now and you'll get a free tea cozy with your precious. So last night
1: when we were having our crises um, in a little diner across town, uh, I kept thinking about how I wish we had a, the microphone to record. Because I, I think that would be my, my favorite place to record the podcast would be at a diner really late at night where like you can still hear some movement and shit in the back but it's just us kind of <laughs> whispering to do, while we eat uh like our diner food and stuff
0: honestly that'd be really fun as long as the guy doesn't hate us forever we just have to tip really fucking well yeah though. i think so like yeah
1: that that guy from last night liked us though apparently he was cool he was really nice he was very friendly his hand shook a lot did he
0: yeah Like when he was trying to like pour the water- Oh really? I never noticed. Also, I'm really happy that I got to notice this, but like, he was really good about like, putting a nice like, um, like water to ice ratio because he would like go from the side of it where like the ice pours out and Mm. then the front of it where it's just the water pours out. And it was just like,
1: ah! (laughs) Waiter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, my other thing was, uh, how are you feeling after your costume change?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to pretend that this look took me no effort and that (laughs) I just, like, threw shit on, but it was, like, it was this, like, pile of makeup that I was just like, I'm gonna do a really big smoky eye, like, fucking Katya, it's gonna be great. And then I fucked up. It looked like
1: my roommate became a raccoon. And I completely approved of it, like, I loved it. (laughs) Uh, But I don't think raccoon... Why do drugs when you can look like you do drugs... I don't think Raccoon was what you were going for. And the thing is, you were doing that. You were going around the apartment getting ready for the podcast where no one's going to look at us. But I have to feel and, right. And I get it. I get it. Yeah, like I was i was looking into this skull in front of me while drinking wine and listening to some weird music and being like, oh... That's great that we're talking about about the future and aging and death this episode because
0: (laughs) Death is beautiful in this little skull cap. It has little I do
1: do really like the skull that we have on our our table. But also it's kind of freaky when when like the podcast is about kind of aging. The aging podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, Yes. Well, unfortunately <laughs> we that is what that, that. that is what we're doing though because we are
0: recording ourselves as we're getting older. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> what if we like I think it's really funny because sometimes I feel like I look like I'm 40 something and then sometimes I feel like I look like I'm 19.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the guy from Costa Rica that lived in the oh, yeah. romance language house, that he said I looked like I was 50 <laughs> and was just like you're not like other Latinx people that we just look young. You look old. And I was pissed. <laughs> moisturize
0: your skin and even then it's going to go wrinkly and songy.
1: <laughs> I don't moisturize enough.
0: One of the things that was really interesting in um, like makeup, like theater makeup, is like we had to use like the lines that naturally build up on our face. Mm-hmm. And like I have lines galore on my forehead, but... It's weird seeing the places where you age faster than others. Yeah. Because, like, I have a lot of lines on my forehead. But, like, at the same time, when I pout, I don't really have lines around, lines around mouth. my mouth. Um, so I had to, like, just imagine what those would look like. Or, like, look mm-hmm. at my, like, grandma and grandpa. And I noticed that my grandma and grandpa don't really have that many lines around their, like, lips. Oh, that's nice, though. Is that? Yeah, it? no. Yeah, no, everybody ages differently. Yeah. And I don't know. It was really interesting. I I felt like I looked like a Boondocks character when I did my like, really? aging makeup because I didn't blend it very well. I just looked like a cartoon. I don't I don't remember seeing a picture of it. It's so. somewhere on my phone. Yeah. Yeah, aging's weird. Makeup, like that was, that was one of those like, it felt good, to for once be happy to see my face without makeup. Really. Because usually when you put on makeup, it's like ooh ooh, ooh nice. Mm-hmm. Oh. So but you were just like, I'm old now. <laughs> and you take it off and you're like, oh, I'm beautiful again. <laughs> it's a good moment. Just imagine
1: that point that you'll, you'll get to and you can't rub it off. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: I, I, yeah.
1: I was going to say, uh, that just reminded me, when I was in high school, a couple of Truman students from the theater department came in. And they were teaching us about makeup. And I was the person they chose to do old person makeup on. And, like, I honestly didn't... Like, this memory had been lost until you mentioned that. And I I remember getting the old person makeup on. And uh, I walked around all all day going to my classes with the makeup <laughs> on. Because I thought it was awesome. Like, I thought it was really cool to... To look old, there were several times so, when I just like went around class with my yeah. makeup on, and it was and, really and my especially
0: the like woman in black makeup that I did, like that oh, was, like, yeah. was full that was of. good, it was great.
1: Uh, but with my, my drag makeup was awful. With the old person makeup, I loved it because I got to be as cranky as I wanted <laughs> in every, in any scenario. My
0: problem is that I'm too smiley. So, like, even when I have, like, super goth makeup on or, like, like the woman in black makeup on, I'm just, like, smiling all the time. It's like, look, there's blood pouring out of my mouth. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey, hey, hey. Ah! Like, I'm just a very smiley goth. Yeah.
1: Smiley goth sounds like uh, the name for your band, I think. <laughs> smiley goth. Starring Whooping goth. Aging for us is kind of... A problematic topic i feel like oh, fuck yeah. because so especially especially with the idea of continuously having dysphoria or just just having to deal with it um
0: mentally and
1: physically mentally yeah. and, and mentally yeah like <laughs> because our bodies are going to essentially degrade and like a particular form that we aren't comfortable with it's nope. it's gonna be a continuous battle I, I feel like you're gonna struggle with that battle a little bit more than i am but
0: who knows i feel like i've invested a lot of my personality into being fuckable mm. and that's gonna go away and then i'll have to reevaluate my life oh i feel like there's like a two like tomed like mentally painful why aging is painful because the first one is like we're gonna age bad <laughs> like and the second one is like bad in our own definition bad in our own definition yeah. yeah um to the point like the older you get the less androgynous you look and like testosterone does more shit to your bone structure and your fat distribution and shit like that and like keeping in shape and keeping skinny enough to be androgynous is such a full-time job and I don't want to do that like I like I suck at doing exercise at this point I need to do more I know that I feel better about myself but like at the same time like do I want to spend like two three hours of my day in that not really not Mm -hmm. really I
1: feel like I I was gonna talk to you about this last night but I I want to do more of that and kind of do more upkeep as far as like exercising and everything because i feel that it might make me more disciplined and like i i i lack a sense of discipline in a lot of parts of my life and i think if i start to focus uh with that in exercise and everything i can start applying that to other parts of my life yeah but i don't know
0: i think that i would just like in general, I've noticed Like, it's not that my mental health is, like, good when I'm more in shape, but I feel like I can at least experiment more. Yeah. And that leads me to be more adventurous and, like, try out new clothes and new makeup looks and feel more confident going outside in drag and, like... Yeah. In heels and shit like that. And when I feel like I'm kind of a, like, frumpy dump, like, I, like, feel like I have to dress more male and is, more, like... Is
1: that really attached to the, like... I think it is really attached to this idea that we have of androgyny is beauty is yes it's beauty but it's also skinny yeah like it's uh, and there's there's very little at least between us like the the stuff that we talk about as androgyny it doesn't li- live beyond skinny and that that is really annoying and that's something that I've been trying to combat. In my own brain Of being like Androgyny can be Any shape Like yeah. it doesn't have To be skinny But we think of it As skinny Because of David Bowie uh, What Pete what Burns. was her name uh, Yeah uh, Twiggy And uh, like a lot Of other people Yeah Is it necessary To seem fuckable Like is it necessary To
0: seem perfect That is the thing That I feel like I need to combat In my own brain Because I like I do put A lot of effort into being fuckable and a lot of my self-esteem goes into being fuckable and like i'll be on grinder constantly even though i don't want sex just for people to be like "Hey, handsome and like like yeah i just i want that like moment of creepiness and then i just like be like eh, i don't want to fuck you like i just i want the compliment uh-huh. which is horrifying like i like i put too much stock in being fuckable yeah and that's not gonna last I don't know. I can't see myself aging well. Like, my, yeah. honestly, my mom still looks very beautiful. Yeah,
1: your your mom is a v- stately woman. Yeah, from yeah. from like the time that I met her. Yeah, she no. she is uh an attractive yeah.
0: woman. Mom was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like really, 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 really beautiful. And yeah. the women in my family, like, and, uh, like on my dad's side, are also ridiculously attractive. Okay. Like my aunt Idalia, like, could be a model. Like she's like. She's really tall. Has, Even like, at her age? Yeah, no, so. she's, like... I mean, she's stayed really, really skinny. But she has, mm-hmm. like, long, beautiful, like, curly hair. Dresses super well. Like, just really stately. Like, really, like, simple elegance. Yeah. Um, and everything. She's got a jawline for fucking days. So, like, I'm hoping that I age, like, the women in my family. Yeah. My dad's aged pretty well. Like, considering the fact... Like, part of the reason why him and mom got together when they are like, eight years apart is the fact that, like, my dad looks really young. Yeah. And... Uh, Like, he looks less young now, but that's because he's, like, 50-something.
1: Yeah. I... That's one thing about aging. I don't want to look like my father. And it isn't that I don't think my father looks good. Like,
0: he looks good for who he is. I feel that. I, like... I wouldn't mind aging like my mother. Like, I would want to, like, have gained less weight. But at the same time, like... I don't know. She, She bugs herself a lot about how she looks. And she, like, feels really unconfident. One of the things that I remember my sister like really really trying to push with my mom, which like I didn't think about, but like now that I think about it, like it's just really like it was nice of my sister. And like really empowering was that my sister would like make her put I, I don't remember what exactly the punishment was, but it was some sort of punishment for every time that my mom talked about how fat she was. Mm. Also Someone she has I great remember. hair. Like my mom has great hair. She I does already have beautiful like hair. my hair is yeah. already destroyed, so it's never going to be that good. <laughs> Maybe I should have kept my hair. <laughs> Instead of deciding to balls.
1: Yeah, making that active decision, decision. to balls.
0: I will have a
1: receding hairline, thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, an order of fries, please. <laughs> yes. What I was, uh, was going to kind of go into, do you think there will be a point where your dysphoria will be less because of aging? like i i kind of doubt it for me i i want to believe it but i think i would only like that would only occur if i started uh doing estrogen and like thus maybe helping me age somewhat differently (laughs) but uh and the dysphoria would kind of like shift in some sense but honestly i don't know how that would work i don't I I don't even actively think about it in my daily life, but
0: I don't know. I I'm really curious to see if I'll become more masculine with heavy quotes or like feminine with heavy quotes Mm -hmm. as I get older, because I could see myself going both ways or kind of fluctuating between the two. Yeah. Um, I could see myself like not going on estrogen when I'm younger, um, and just getting FFS as soon as I can afford it. And have the like three weeks that it takes of like recovery off. Are you like,
1: <laughs> is the face like bloated and stuff during? The oh, routine? yeah, it
0: swells a lot. It's like scraping down the forehead so that like here is a little bit more like rounded off. Like undoing the scrub. Is of the it actual line, like really...
1: scraping of the bone? Oh, or... yeah, yeah. Wow. No, it's
0: really fucking intense. Like, if you want to like have rhinoplasty to make your nose like thinner, yeah. Um, like, it's also like shortening the forehead and like that's really um, intense no it's it's really really intense surgery but it's kind of done all at once and I'd really like I want it to look as natural as possible but that's the thing if I had been born like 30 years ago I would have had those surgeries that like really fucked up your face because I wouldn't exactly know what I wanted to do with my face I just want to know that it changed and now I can say like oh I kind of want FFS I know that it'll take me to the point of like undeniable androgyny mm-hmm. and gender confusion and that's all yeah. that I want I just don't like, like I don't want to be people to be comfortable looking at me and being like he him because it happens all the time yeah
1: I, don't know. I struggle with the idea of having to age in in a male body and just not just know that I'll be in this body forever like the fact that uh, I don't get a, a chance in something else, um, that's the really frustrating part about aging. Like, I, I would rather somehow be able to be in a more non-binary body or in a more female body. And the thing about that is I I can totally take a hold of that. I can do things to, to better prepare myself in that sense but like and we're we're fucking in our 20s like it's it's like we're worried about aging because we want to make sure we look like this forever but but the the unfortunate thing is we're not gonna look like we're 20 for the rest of our lives so i don't know
0: about you but i'm getting facelifts every two years like what i was saying like i'm not exactly sure if i like would want to go more masculine or more feminine I like I could really see myself going either way. Like I like, honestly, I think that I would be most comfortable if I like really, really, really took strides to become very feminine looking in my body, and then just kind of dress masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, because then it's like, I, I don't know. I, I I would have felt that I did something to like really take control of my body, and then I I want to get to the point where I have it set in my brain. That I'm non-binary and everything that I do is non-binary and like if I dress in guys' clothes, it doesn't mean that I'm a guy. If I like decide to present more masculine, it doesn't yeah. mean that I'm a guy. I don't have to put so much effort into looking like a girl. Yeah, like I just I can just be myself. But at the same time, I know that if I look like a guy, I'm just gonna be perceived as a guy, and gender is this whole game of. Perception, uh-huh. <laughs> And I want people's perception of me to be more correct than it is. I was thinking, like, I could do estrogen later because the penis shrinks anyway and kind of malfunctions anyway. So do I really care if I have penis, penis shrinkage if I get less dysphoria as yeah. time goes on? Like, right now, I kind of want my penis to be at its size. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just... I don't know I don't know
1: something I did want to talk about if uh if we don't want to talk about like exactly aging anymore um we could talk about like a queer future and stuff uh which is something I've been thinking about a lot lately because I've been in the past like month or two I've been really interested in the idea of afrofuturism so I don't understand it completely, um, but I well, yesterday I listened to the American Life <laughs> episode about Afro Afrofuturism, and it was really good in explaining the sense that um, yes, Afrofuturism for a lot of people tends to be science fiction that um, has african-american black people kind of be in the forefront of uh science fiction and fantasy which unfortunately it's always been white people like the way we imagine sci-fi and the future is white
0: white. so so the like even in places that aren't white like it's imagined all the time that's how we imagine but it's been that way for centuries like you read old spanish literature and like not very many people were blonde but they talk about like oh La rubia, like like, yeah. like like the beautiful like blonde hair and like green eyes, and it's just like you were in fucking Spain. Like where did you find those people? Yeah, there there are definitely blonde people in Spain, but like, but kind of predominantly.
1: Rare. Yeah. Um, and Afrofuturism is this idea of science fiction and stories that present uh, black people at, in the forefront, but also this idea of that black people are going to exist in the future that they are going to survive. And that that is something I I really loved about especially this episode of the American Life uh mm-hmm. podcast. But I I also I, like the reason I got into it was because I was listening to David Diggs uh the guy who plays Hamilton uh not Hamilton but he he plays um I think it's Jefferson and Lafayette in Hamilton. And he he has this band called Clipping and they came out with this album last year called Splendor and Misery. And it's this idea of a a black slave ship uh is traveling across the universe and the the slaves essentially rise up uh <laughs> Hamilton reference, um, and and kill kill their oppressors, but throughout this like small revolution, the only person that is alive is this one slave, and he's left alone on on this ship. And the album kind of presents this beautiful story of him like realizing that he's alone, that the ship can talk to him, that. The universe is black, and that he is black, and that uh, rap music kind of keeps him going and stuff. And it's it's a it's a wonderful experiment in that, and uh, it almost won this like really big. I think it's the Nebula Award, uh, which is a really big uh, science fiction honor. for For me, that was like my way into Afrofuturism. I I saw it as oh, the, like. Science fiction doesn't have to be boring and white. Like it can be, it can have these really interesting narratives. Mm-hmm. And uh, like last night, I spent four or five hours reading this article about Drexia, which is this uh, Afrofuturist um, techno band from the nineties and two thousands. Four or five hours trying to get fucked, <laughs> and yeah. it worked. Ah! Finally, anyway, keep going. <laughs> It's very telling about us, though, that, that, that I spend four or five hours, you know, studying researching, Afrofuturism, <laughs> <laughs> researching Afrofuturism, and uh, you're trying to get fucked. But um, this the, is why I didn't make it into grad school. I don't. I don't think that's why. But it's
0: probably because my stories were violent
1: and sexual. <laughs> to finish my rant real quick about Afrofuturism and stuff is that like. I was thinking about where where do latinx people kind of fit into it and i was i was looking for latinx futurism just this idea of science fiction that puts latino people latinx people in the forefront and there isn't that much and that's really unfortunate i did find one one book that a lot of people said was good, but it was written by a white woman and has this Puerto Rican protagonist and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, I'm going to read it. It's called The Sparrow. I, I, I'm i going to read it at some point, but I, there's a little bit of issues there with me about it, especially she talked about uh, kind of being a little bit more understanding about uh, Christopher Columbus. Like... It, she she apologized for some of the things Christopher Columbus did at some point, and I was like, Ugh, I don't approve of that. Anyway, I was thinking about Latinx futurism, but also queer futurism. Like, what what does a queer future look like? For me, when we went to uh, New York, and we were at that bar, what was the bar? Marie's Crisis. Marie's Crisis. Like, and seeing uh gender queer people enjoying themselves at that bar and stuff that was that was really like revolutionary for me in the sense of seeing older queer people enjoy themselves mm-hmm. uh and really notice that they're alive <laughs> like that that we can get to that point yeah and w- what exists beyond that point,
0: yeah so. As much as she like, I guess they, I don't know. Um, I think they prefer her. She. Fuck, Who is it? I'm destroyed. Freckle, from the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo. Oh. Um, like, as much as she's, like an exaggeration. I feel like Freckle was also very. It's just fun to see an older gender queer, mm-hmm. gender fluid person, um, and like. I, uh, I wish that it were better representation, but at the same time, she's fucking funny. Yeah. And, like, is a gender-fluid person Mm -hmm. in, not TV, but, like, YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I'm also very proud of younger queer people who have found this shit out and, like, really, like, gone with it and created a culture and, like, really, Mm. like, they're leaps and bounds ahead of me. And have started earlier, so it means that they're like the society, like society hasn't been able to influence them and like make like yeah. Because I feel so influenced by society that I like have to be male and I have to do certain things, or like that I have to be female, or like what is male and female? And mm-hmm. I, I like I have so much internalized like like everything that it's so nice to see them be like, no, we're starting over. Like, and I'm so proud. I'm so proud of the young people. Um, But, like, literally, yes. I'm so proud of the generation right after us. Yeah. Like, they seem to be doing really fucking well. That I'm glad that I am genderqueer. Because, like before, when, like, when, like, you were afraid that I was going to say the C word. Like, I feel like the reason is because that's a very stereotypical gay thing to do. And I feel like if I didn't have dysphoria and realized that I was genderqueer, I would become that gay person who was just like, ah, you can say that word and it's fine, and like didn't really care, like, I I would be a very stereotypical gay guy Mm -hmm. um, and kind of not see how much privilege I had because of how much I had to go through just being gay Um, and I'm very disappointed in myself in that because I do do a lot of things that are not okay that I just do because, like, that's gay culture Mm -hmm. Um, and I, like, I, I really really hope that we can reanalyze that with generations to come and that i will become outdated like i like i it's not that i want to become outdated because i i want to i i i'm so afraid and like queer theory made me so afraid to be left in the dust because it yeah. changed so fast and i realized like i i took queer like we took queer theory mm-hmm. the semester that we left and that was a class that i was like shit like i've been waiting for this forever like what not like this is when I end my education. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to school. But I can't end my education. Like, I, I need to keep reading. I like, But I'm so afraid now that I'm going to become one of the older liberals or the older gays that, like, have just become so stuck in what they believe And yeah, I, I like, it does not matter if I want to be on the vanguard or not. I need to be on the vanguard. Because the, like... We're learning so much, and we're changing so much, and we're, like, like moving forward in leaps and bounds, and I need to be able to keep my mind malleable enough to not be skeptical of younger generations. And I'm so afraid, so afraid, that I'm going to become that way, because, like, every adult in my life has become that way. Yeah. And even if now we create something that is advanced and that is, um, like, pushing forward queer culture, like, that does not mean that we will forever, forever be... <laughs> Um, like the most like advanced that we can be. Yeah. like we can hey, be left in the p- dust this I podcast it... can be left in the dust and become something that's very problematic and that's okay oh for sure yeah that is okay that means that civilization has like gone has on has moved on and if I'm seen as racist and homophobic in times that are the future that just means that the future has changed and has become better and I've become outdated and that's good the future needs yeah. to go that way and forget me and not really like
1: I think that's a thing that a lot of people are, are afraid about, though. Like, the idea I, I'm of, horrified. A bit being, of it going past you and forgetting you.
0: I'm horrified, but I have to think of the greater good
1: Yeah. in this. And yeah. the greater good is not i me. think going to totally die worth it. Yeah. Like,
0: I'll just fade into oblivion and I'll be sad about it. But, like, nobody else is going to be. That's not true. <laughs> but, like, it's... I'll die. Hopefully, I can give people inspiration enough... To move the world forward, it's okay if I become outdated. Like that—that's the thing that I need to be okay with about aging. I need to be okay that I'm left in the dust. Yeah. If I'm not constantly working towards becoming better and better and learning more and more and more and becoming more accepting and more um, intelligent and more wise about things. And I like I like regardless of gender, regardless of how I feel about my body, and regardless of how dysphoria works. I know that it's going to be shitty. I know that I'm not going to like what I look like when I age. I know that I, like, I don't like what I look like now. I never have. Um, and this is probably as good as it's going to get. Yeah. So I need to work on things that are more beneficial, mm-hmm. um, that are more selfless. I, I'm very, very selfish. And I like I just, when I age, I hope that I can become more and more and more and more and more a person that's of benefit to the world and like fuck what i look like fuck if i go on estrogen don't go on estrogen if i have fss don't have ffs like that'd be nice for my mental health but i it's not that my mental health isn't going to prevent me from doing things It definitely is going to prevent me from doing things it does all the time but i just got to try and do the best with what i've got because it was fuck i don't know what else to do yeah
1: no, I I think that is something that we're trying to do with the podcast. Is is like we're here as a reference, in in some ways, but like it's it's fine if we disappear into the ether because it's what is it <laughs> like? Um, but an uh, an idea that I wanted to kind of get to with after uh, with uh like queer futurism is. Um, do you, like, do you think there is a possibility to have a world without, like, gender, or is that not, especially for a gender queer idea of the future, like, is that not something that we need to strive for, or something like I, I wanted to discuss what, what are the steps that we're taking f- forward for a queer future. Yeah. I... I as far as like the way I've thought about it I think gender unfortunately is a, such a strong social concept that it it will f- never completely disappear but it will hopefully with time kind of just dilute itself like There'll be a little bit more water in that in that really weird concoction, yeah. and and the gradient will will be easier to understand or at least like more visible yeah. uh, across culture.
0: I don't know. Like <laughs> the problem is, there's what will happen and what should happen, and both of them are complicated. What will happen, like probably will just become a little bit more androgynous like it like it's already been happening for like since the dawn of time um like that that's kind of how we've been progressing as a society and it's been very 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 slow but we've been moving towards and and moving takes violence and yeah. huge strides
1: i, I kind of disagree with you as far as like moving towards androgyny because there there are certain movements towards it, but when you say that type of thing, I think of the very masculine uh cisgender men who are like almost like toxically masculine in the sense of their and, and, androgyny isn't and isn't on their like Thought Radar. like the, like it's completely off mm-hmm. and stuff, and I feel like that is unfortunately more predominant with men than it is with women. Yeah, but at least it is in this culture. So
0: see, there's a problem like that. That's kind of. Okay, like, I talked about what, like, will happen. I, I don't know what will happen. And what yeah. will happen doesn't mean that that's the right thing that needs to happen. Because, the, like, is complex and there's a yeah. lot of issues that happen with there. And not every progress that we make is good. Um, but at the same time, like, even thinking about what should happen is super problematic. Because if you think of the idea of, like, matriarchy, patriarchy, androgyny, um, like... The problem with saying that we need to move towards androgyny is the same problem of saying all lives matter. Yeah. And the problem with all lives matter is that it does not realize that, like, it's not just that they haven't been equal, it's that they've been oppressed. And in order to have egalitarianism, really, white people need to be oppressed for a very long time and enslaved and, like, taken away from their homeland, erase their culture, be completely treated like shit um and if we're going to have egalitarianism um in feminism then that means that men need to be oppressed as much as women have been oppressed and Mm -hmm. like thought of as less and cooped up and like not allowed to dream or to like have any of the possibilities that men have had or rule or have any say or like be thought of as valuable for their personality and their strength and um, their own culture and stuff like that. Um, The thing is that there is some value to masculinity and femininity. Gender is a social construct but it is based on sex. Mm -hmm. And sex is also more complex than the binary. Mm -hmm. Um, We, like, scientifically super obvious like it's like five different things that determine um that should quote unquote determine what makes somebody male or somebody female and we typically only check one which is physical appearance yeah um external genitalia um but the reason why we have a binary is because people tend to be one or the other um and socially that has become the problem is where socially we've created all these stereotypes around what is masculine, what is feminine and not allowed people to diverge from those Mm -hmm. and internalized all that so much that we feel like that's our default self. Yeah. So as much as I'm gender queer and I feel like androgyny is the way to go, that the place that we need to go to is a place where gender is not a thing. Like, we still have our genitalia, we still have our chromosomes, mm-hmm. we still have our, like, genetic makeup. Like, who gives a shit about that? Like, we can just, like, people will find a way to be heterosexual. That's, like, it's the same problem as saying that we should all integrate our cultures and, like, become one nation. Is that the problem that one of, like, one of the problems is that, like, in reality, one of them is going to become more dominant. That's why sci-fi is very white and androgyny is very male. Um, it's... Just and thin. And thin. Yeah, um, right. Like, the problem is not, that we're not going to do it well. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Because in my mind, the ideal future is androgynous. And everybody can just kind of, like, we start out neutral or whatever. Just pick whatever attributes we want, which is what I'm mad at in the world. And that I, like, I wanted to be able to pick yeah, what I was going to become and how I was going to act and I wasn't allowed to do that and now I have all this internalized shit that I have to fight against that I don't know what to do about I don't know the issue is I don't know if it's good to move towards androgyny just not make it the same that All Lives Matter did mm-hmm. or if it's just that we need to just be self-aware yeah, and say okay, it's fine if you're going to be masculine, it's fine if you're going to be feminine, but you also need to not oppress people who aren't different. Um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the ideal is and what we should do. I'm really interested
1: in actually reading and seeing queer science fiction. I don't think I've actually have. Uh, I've, I've kind of gone out there and tried to look for anarchist science fiction because. A little bit of that exists out there but um but if there are any suggestions if any of our listeners have any like i would love to hear that as far as uh queer science fiction because i'm interested in how other people imagine what what our world could be in the future in a queer future uh I don't like for me I don't think and an, androgyny is the way I think for me is just a wider acceptance of of what queerness is and for people to be completely okay with discovery like I think I think there are a lot of people who are very scared of discovering who they are because of their situations of where they live their families and so on and if we could create a future where where that worry is out the window and people could somehow like actually mess around with themselves and stuff it, it goes back to this conversation I had with a friend uh, a long time ago of just we wished that uh, kids could have like kids could grow up in such a way where they could mess around and play with their gender and discover themselves through gender however they wanted much like now kind of being in college tends to be the place for people to experiment with sexuality to, to discover themselves with i I'm talking specifically with sexuality, oh, yeah uh, to discover themselves sexually um how it it would just be very interesting for a future if kids were allowed to do that with gender very early on it's It's just really hard to have hope, hope.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is really hard to have hope, but at the same time, I'm proud of what we have done. It's not enough, no yeah, proud of I don't know.
1: In queer theory, like one one thing that I found a lot of pride in is, even though it's constantly changing, the vocabulary, like it, we're we're getting better at describing things, and mm-hmm. and language is very important in that, and uh, it's it's good that we're learning like transgenders is not a a way of describing thing like of describing people and stuff. And like, uh, like the change of the word queer, the change of the word butch and stuff. And
0: words like queer and like, like more like the fact that now we've got brown and black, on the pride flag which honestly I wish that our pride flag that was here had mm-hmm. that on there like I'll probably order one later but like I'm so proud that that's part of our movement yeah. now we're learning it's good finally like yeah. it's not good but it's also better life is complicated I yeah. want to be positive I like I really 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 want to be optimistic because uh-huh. I think uh, I was about to say that I'm optimistic on the inside. That's not true. But it's partially true.
1: As true. an anarchist, I have to listening. be positive. Like, I, I have this really strong belief that human beings can be very good and that there is a lot of good in people. Um, that is why I think anarchy could work. Thus, I, that is why I think we could be more understanding and learn more about each other to the point of allowing a, a queer future, a black future, a Latinx future, and future for everyone uh, that that would function. The thing is when greed and capitalism and a lot of other things kind of feed into the problem of being, of just like, oh, you need to be over someone, you need to own someone, you need to be like... You you need to be superior, and that is where a lot of problems come in come into it. Yeah. The the thing is like one thing that we've kind of avoided with this idea of future um, stuff is the technology, the, the 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 way that technology is going, which is very scary, especially for me who I don't like robots. <laughs> um, but but See, I th- love robots. but the. It's, it's advancing so much, and, like, medicine is going to advance to points that could be very helpful for us. But what if, let's say, like, really far in the future of, like, we can put our own consciousness into, like, a Sims kind of simulation of just, like, this is the person I want to look like, this is the person I want to be. And the thing is, like, we're doing that. Now, like the the way you, uh, like we, By our way. friend group played D anD D and stuff. Like
0: we do that. We definitely we definitely did, like, do that. Who we wanted to be. Yeah, like, I was this like red haired androgynous yeah. like beautiful. Super you were non binary. Yeah, like person and such and, and, and were, like, I was Hurricane a female yeah, I was
1: a female bar. <laughs> so, so like cute. it was D and D does that, but but the thing is like with the idea of technology like advancing there could be a point where we could do that where we could put just like attach little sticky things on our brains and and then our brains our consciousness would be in this type of world and stuff and we could look however we wanted to look we could be the genders that we wanted to feel and stuff but like is it worth it like is it is it worth going to that extent of of doing that and never experience dysphoria again like i i honestly don't know what like it would yes. be like without having dysphoria
0: honestly i feel like yes like really that's worth it. like as much as self-acceptance is a beautiful thing we would still have to learn self-acceptance in that yeah. sort of scenario so why complicate our lives any further
1: hmm.
0: like why have to add dysphoria and this, this shit like now like we are kind of in that like We're we're not in the point where we can like transfer our consciousness to a sim, but we are on the point where we can modify our body to the point where we can become passively a different gender. Yeah. Um like that is something that wasn't like it wasn't possibly available before um, like now thirty
1: years ago, forty years ago. So that is
0: us altering our bodies to the point where we feel more comfortable and it like it relieves dysphoria and anxiety and it, it like really really helps mental health and yeah. like the transition period is very difficult
1: i'm very happy about where we went went with this i think uh i as far as what you were saying yes like it's i i just i it would it would really take for me the the point of like getting put into the computer and getting to be the person that i wanted to and that i want to be and so on and and if that's enough that's enough like i think it would really take that entire experience for me to to be convinced by it but um but it's just you live with something for so long like it's it's hard to imagine without it there especially when it's something that like affects you on such a daily basis Mm -hmm. uh such as dysphoria depression anxiety and so on and so forth
0: yeah but yeah i definitely would be skeptical of feeling less dysphoria than i do but at the same time is that a bad thing (laughs) yeah
1: yeah like is is that worse than actually like experiencing experiencing the dysphoria i feel
0: like myself because i hate my face (laughs) like yeah. yeah yeah Mm-hmm. you okay? No, I'm fine I'm just thinking a lot now oh, yeah. uh, We should probably find a way to end the episode We have decided to Oh, how would you like to end the episode? Awkward pause? Or <laughs> what's in my bag? What's in your bag? My penis
1: Oh And that was been the, the, made the Them Podcast, podcast. <laughs> Oh performative stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Performativity. Judith Butler.
1: (laughs) Um, But. Which we never understood. Like, (laughs)
0: let's, let's be honest. No, like, (laughs) the whole thing is that the article was called performance versus performativity. Uh And like, Dr. Pennell, if you're listening to this summer, I don't know, this feels weird. If you're listening to this, I still don't understand. <laughs> and I want to. Please send help, please. <laughs> we still have no idea
1: what we Judith Butler was reading talking. The Ruvlish
0: reader on my own. This is the only theoretical shit that I read on my own. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's nice that we can both be like we fucking did not understand. And Judith that's like Butler. the
0: fun. Like Judith Butler is like the fundamental. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: very much the found <laughs> like one of the foundations of queer theory, and yeah. we drastically misunderstand it. Yeah,
0: no. Uh...